The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today, I'm joined by general contractor Boyan Salha. Boyan, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks, Tony. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, man, we, uh, we, we've we been talking a lot, but very little about real estate. Uh, we just connected so much, you know, on a, on a much deeper, you know, spiritual level, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I enjoyed our conversation before we sat here to yeah. record the podcast. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited because, you know, it translates so much to what you do and your story and how you got here. So, you know, why don't you start telling us a little bit about uh, how you got how you came to this country and, and, and stayed, uh, you know, doing what you were doing back then? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I, I'm originally from Bulgaria. I was born and I grew up there. And um, <clears throat> I graduated uh, from college, I think, in 2003, 2004. I was a uh, engineering uh, major. So I'm a computer science engineer, but uh, I haven't worked even a, a second in this field. Uh, just, uh, you know, that was kind of a newer thing back b- back in the days in Bulgaria. Yeah. You know, and uh, kind of a lot of people were seeing uh, a good future for uh, computer science engineers. And, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. So uh, this was the, the kind of the, the route I decided to go. Uh, but um, I didn't have passion for, uh, you know, software and programming or anything uh, of that nature. Mm. And uh, my uh, uncle, my, my brother's mom, he was a watchmaker. Mm. And uh, during uh, between, you know, when, when I have like a little bit of a time or there is like a, a school break or whatever, you know, he's going to ask me, hey, come and help me do this, this, do that, you know, smaller, smaller, smaller repairs on watches. And I got hooked up. That's that's the truth. And you were, you weren't working on uh, Timexes and Casios, right? Uh, <laughs> back in the day, that was that was the thing that uh, you know I I could have could have could have done. You know, I I couldn't uh, repair any expensive stuff. Oh, you could okay. Yeah, oh. but that that at that moment. Right, right, right. And I got hooked up like so badly, so I decided that uh, I have to um, do this professionally. So Interesting. I decided to go to Switzerland and, uh, you know, uh, kind of um, go to the best watchmaking school. No and learn, way. Yeah, learn the, learn the trade. And um, back in the days, I don't think there was another watchmaker in Bulgaria who went, you know, uh, to Switzerland to have an actual watchmaking education. Everything uh, was like from a grandfather to father to son. It was, you know, they, they will teach each other yeah, yeah. from generation to generation. They're going to kind of transfer the knowledge. Was that all, all on you to say, I want to do this? Or did someone encourage you? How did that even where did you get the thought that you wanted to leave your country to go learn how to repair watches? Well, it's um, it's probably me and uh, me being me and the desire yeah. for more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I never never accepted that uh, where I am or where I was at a certain moment was who I am. I know that I was born for more. That's right? amazing. It, yeah, in every different aspect of my life. 
So uh, actually, a friend of mine who is uh, also a watchmaker and he stayed in Bulgaria, we decided, both of us, that we're going to go to Switzerland. That's amazing. Yeah, and we went uh, to the watchmaking school. We graduated. Um, How long is that school? Well, uh, depends. Like, it's either six months or two years. Two <laughs> years is if you start from zero. Whoa. Yeah. So you already had some experience. Yeah, so I had uh, the privilege to do the six-month one. Oh, that's awesome. But um, even though you have experience, you have experience on type of watches that are not high-end watches. Mm. So you go there, and there's they have like, like extremely high standards of repairing watches. If you, if you um, I don't have a picture to show you, but like if you go in the school, not only in school, in any watch repair shop, you know, uh, in Switzerland, you will think that these people are doctors. They are like in white. They have like, um, they remove their shoes when you get in. Yeah. You know, some of, like a lot of times they use gloves so you don't uh, kind of leave right, fingerprints. Right. It's it's insane. Wow. You're like hooked up like for life. Yeah, right? I can imagine. Yeah, so um, I had uh, two uh, watchmaking uh, repair shops in Bulgaria. But when I came back from Switzerland, the Bulgarian reality hit me. Like, I can't uh, utilize what I learned in Switzerland and actually make a good living in Bulgaria. It's just the, 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 the type of watches that are coming to the store are like so like uh, cheap comparing to the Rolexes and Omegas and Breitlings I was taught to repair in Switzerland. Interesting. So... Um, I'm like, I need to do more. I, don't, I didn't want to live in Switzerland. I didn't want to live in Europe. The only other country I knew that kind of uh, excited me was America. And how I knew that is before I went to the watchmaking school, while I was in college, I came here to visit the United States twice. Oh, okay. During that time. Correct. Like there is... Um, like to Chicago or somewhere else? Well, the first time I went to Newport, uh, Rhode Island. Oh. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's just a bunch of friends. Uh, we were like, I was with three other guys. And there is this cultural exchange program. You're in uh, college. You can come just for the summer, work, um, whatever, low-paid jobs. Uh, that doesn't matter. It didn't matter at that point, right? So I worked at McDonald's. I worked at uh, a grocery store. Um, I tried my luck with uh, <laughs> being a server. It didn't work that well. Not wow. my, yeah, that, not my uh, type of job. But, uh, but it seems like you're unafraid. No, I wanted to try different things. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> wanted to experience different yeah. things. Uh, how I know what I like and I don't like if I don't experience it before. Okay. And uh, it was like, oh my goodness, I love it here. Like everything is so big. Cars yeah, are bigger, yeah. roads are bigger. Even meal portions are bigger. Yeah, <laughs> much bigger, yes. Yep. So, um, but that was not my time to stay here. That was 2003 in Rhode Island. So after... But the, did you already know you wanted to come? Correct. I, I, I knew it. It just, it wasn't uh, the right time for me. So I went back to Bulgaria, continued doing my businesses. Um, 2004, I finally decided that I'm completely done over there. So 2005... Uh, I came uh, here in Chicago. Why in Chicago? Because my best friend uh, from Bulgaria was already here in Chicago. And there's a pretty big Bulgarian community Correct. here yeah. already. As far as I know, it's like the biggest Bulgarian community outside of Bulgaria. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Bulgaria is a small country. It's like right now probably 7 million people. Okay. And over half a million are here in the Chicago area. Wow. Yep. That's crazy, right? Wow. So I, uh, again, I was, I was doing that culture exchange program again to come here. And I was last, uh, last, um, 
year in college. So that was my last chance. So I knew I'm here only for three, four months. So I can't like establish myself. Like I, can't, I couldn't buy a car. So, but I needed a car. This is a big city, right? I need to move around. And I also needed a job to support myself while I'm here. Um, <clears throat> so I started driving a taxi. Now, this is a new city. I don't know the city. There, there was no GPS 2005. Yeah. I was using big maps, like crazy maps. It's insane. It's insane. But I started driving a taxi in the northwest suburbs. Wow. And um, went back to Bulgaria again. Why? Because I had um, open cycles, let's put it this way, over there. And I had to close them to be able to move here. And 2010, like completely done, sold everything, all the businesses, everything 100% done over there. And I came here for my best friend's wedding. Uh, don't want to go into the immigration uh, things, uh, whatever, <laughs> but, you know, I came here legally and I stayed legally, found a way to extend my visas uh, legally, um, you know, until I got married, uh, my wife, through my wife, I was able, you know, to... Choose a citizen. Correct. Nice. Yeah, nice, nice. you know, but, but uh, hey, I want to I wanna just clarify something. It's, it's not like I married my wife for papers. <laughs> I was very, I was very, no very, very open and honest with her about my immigration status at that point that I'm on a, still on a visa and like I am not with her because of any papers, you know? <laughs> no one's judging her, brother. No one's judging. <laughs> <laughs> Joking, yeah. So, you know, I came here, I decided to stay uh, and uh, started working in downtown Chicago for a uh, watchmaking company. And, um, you know, for, you for a couple of years, right? You yeah, were doing that? Two, two and a half years. Um, I kind of, I was working, you know, it's just... Um, um, took me, took me a while to realize that, uh, I came here for a reason and the reason wasn't, uh, matchmaking. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Yeah. Yeah. So what changed, I guess, at that point in terms of real estate, where you said, now this is something that I want to start doing. Cause I mean, hearing you, you, you kind of take things on and you try them out. Right. So was there anything between real estate and, and watchmaking that you tried that you didn't like? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, th those are two different planets. <laughs> Uh, uh, watchmaking is a very uh, restrictive um, job. What I mean by that is you have two hands, you have one bench, right. how much you can produce, how many watches you can repair for, uh, let's say, eight hours a day. Right, right. Very restrictive, right? right? Um, it's probably uh, a good hobby, and I think it's a hobby right now for me, even though, you know, I repair less and less watches, but, you know, I kind of always look at people's hands, what kind of watch they have, you know, it's kind of a, an interesting thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to go one step back. In college, my parents gave me a book. You probably heard that book. Heard of that book? It's uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Of course, of course. Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. I think that book changed a lot of people's life. Yeah. Um, it's a very simple book. It's nothing like, uh, oh, it's not a system like, oh, you do this or you get that. But it's kind of a eye-opening book. It's like a philosophy. Correct. Right. But um, back in the days when I was in Bulgaria, I, I didn't see myself doing anything real estate related over there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just different mentality, uh, different culture, different market. Uh, and I don't think we have... Um, uh, there is another real estate market around the world, the world that is the same like here in the in the United States. It's, yeah. Here is different. The, glamorized in a way too. It's glamorized. Yeah, in correct, a way, right? Correct, like, correct. Yeah, I met my wife uh, 2012, 
So I came here 2010, met my wife 2012, and I remember uh, the first, one of the first conversations we had was like, okay, so what do you want to do with your life? Because we're not in like 20 years old anymore. And this is her asking you kind of thing? Or no, you asking, I, we, we, or, we or kind of talking both, about it. Yeah, both kind of initiated that uh, conversation. Sure. And funny enough, we were both like, okay, so why don't we buy a two flat? We live in one of it and we rent out the other one. Smart. We are like, wow, we are on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but you both already had that idea. Correct. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So... I'm like, hey, you know, I read this book, Rich That Poor That, and they explain, you know, um, uh, how, uh, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki was saying how his dad was the poor dad because he was a, a very educated person, but not financially smart. And his friend's dad was like uh, not so educated, uh, you know, school educated, but he was like uh, financially educated. So he was kind of, you know, giving the examples and I'm like, well, I was very inspired by the, that book and I'm like, I want to do real estate. Do you want to sign up for some classes? Magically, magically, somehow within a week, we received an email from an organization offering real estate classes. <laughs> the organization, the name of the organization was Rich Dad. I'm like, oh my goodness, <laughs> this is not happening, right? That's funny. Yeah, so we decided to sign up for... Uh, the classes they were offering, they were extremely expensive, especially uh, at that time. Was it by, um, was it related to the book though? Or was uh, it something different that just inspired by the book? No, I think um, uh, they were kind of using Robert Kiyosaki's book and I think he was the face of the company. Oh, I don't okay, think okay. it was his company. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, but you know, uh, the book was so popular, so it was easy, uh, you know, to sell of using course, that name. of course. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have any money. My wife uh, had a credit card and we maxed it out. Just to pay for these classes. Correct. And we were, we just met. <laughs> Did I tell you how we met? No. It was an <laughs> online dating. So believe it or not, it was like a lot of blessings, right? A lot of blessings that led to, um, to uh, meeting my wife. Yeah. And I, I, I was like praying, like, hey, I want to meet somebody who is not not a Bulgarian. It's nothing against Bulgarian <laughs> girls, don't get me wrong. It's just I, I run away from that culture, that mentality, wanted to have um, a, a different experience. Well, it seems, and just to kind of add to that, just yeah. from what I've gathered is you're trying to figure yourself out. And, and, and if you just kind of belong or try to fit in, Right. It, 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 it almost takes away from that experience for you. Not so much that you're not that, like you said, it's not you have anything against anyone. I think it's more just a journey you're on that you're trying to discover something. And, you know, how better way to discover it than something you're not. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm like uh, surprised that people will immigrate from a different country and they they never become a part of the society yeah. here. And it's really, it's really hard for them um, to, to associate themselves with um, with the, with America, let's put yeah. it this way, uh, because you know uh, you come here and you're just going to the Bulgarian doctor, to the Bulgarian doctor, yeah. to the Bulgarian store. Uh, you you only all your friends are only Bulgarians and this and that. So that's okay. I understand that's your comfort zone and it's easy to be within your comfort zone. But at the end of the day, you came for a reason. You came for a change. So you're not willing to experience that change. Yeah, it's scary. Yes, we all make mistakes. Yes, you're going to fall a few times, but sooner or later, you know, 
life gonna be much more interesting than, you know, doing the same things you did in your own country. Yeah. And it's not only Bulgarians, it's a lot of communities, you know, I'm not saying, you know, forget w- where you're coming from. This is not my point. It's just become part of the society. Yeah. Get out the hamster wheel, I call it. Correct. Right? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> we all have our hamster wheel. Yeah, absolutely. So when it came to real estate, you go to these classes. Um, I get, what happened at that point? I mean, you, how quickly then thereafter? I mean, not having any money to where you're at today, it seems like it was a good investment. <laughs> it was a good investment because we believed in ourselves and we believed that this is what we wanted to do. Uh, we we didn't just want it to try and see if it's going to work. We said we're going to make it work. Yeah. I'm not saying it was easy. Don't get me wrong, right? But uh, I, I will never forget, uh, we went to our first class and it was wholesaling. I don't want to go into the details, but you're kind of assigning the contract you have to purchase a real estate to somebody else, mm-hmm. right? So we went to our first class wholesaling. It was in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And... Um, there were like people from all over the country, you know, flying, driving. Uh, Interesting that it'd be in Green Bay, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted kind of to have it more of an kind of exotic place. I don't know. I didn't know. <laughs> Green Bay. Yeah, yeah Green Bay, exactly. whatever. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so uh, the one thing, th- th- there are two things I remember from that class. The first thing is how you, you can make easily $5,000. That was the goal. You sign the contract for a fee. And it's five thousand dollars. This is what they were saying, right? Back in the days. Now it's much higher what the wholesalers are charging, but you know, it was five thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. So for a person who had twenty-seven dollars left in his pocket before he started work, five thousand dollars seemed like a million <laughs> bucks, right? Yeah. So um and the other thing was like, hey, when you go back to where you're coming from, right, to your city, find a local Rio like a local networking event and connect with other investors. Like I'm so insecure in myself because I'm not a real estate investor yet. I don't even know what kind of questions to ask. I don't even know what's possible and impossible in this business. But it's never stopped you before. Correct. It never stopped me before. (laughs) Correct. So we went and day one, we connected with a RIA in um, Oak Brook. And... um, those guys were like just starting the RIA, but they had the same mindset as we do, or we had the same mindset as they had. So um, it was a very easy click. And they started offering this coaching program. If, you, if we find a deal, they will fund the deal for us. They will teach us how to repair the house, for example. They're going to sell the house for us. And we're going to have the experience and the knowledge now, and they're going to give us one third of the profit. Oh, wow. So we were like, whoa, let's start doing marketing and advertising, whatever. And within a year, year and a half, we were able to find three deals. And we did three deals with them. While I'm still working uh, at the watchmaking place, Mm -hmm. and my wife at that time, she was a social worker. Okay. So was it a good experience, uh, those three deals? Oh my goodness, it was just perfect. We, wow. we, we felt like we are the most knowledgeable newbies in the world. Like, like you're ready to be on Shark Tank absolutely, and you have your own show. <laughs> <laughs> it is craziness, but that gave us uh, so much uh, confidence. Yeah, I bet. Oh my goodness, it's craziness. So, um, And belief, right? I mean, a belief in the system that without it, you know, correct. It, 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 it's, you, hey, I did it. I, it's, you know, it's just a matter of doing it yeah. again. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. Awesome. And one day, <clears throat> that's that's the key 
to uh, becoming you know real estate investor, one day I was uh, at the watchmaking place and my phone rings, and um, I see that it's the CEO of that company, and that's Kirby Atwell. Oh, okay, okay. We we had a little discussion yep, you know, yep. before we sat down here. So he's like, hey, um, we're looking for a project manager. Like, good for you. You know, if I find somebody, I'll let you know. He's like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, no, no, no. What do you mean? Uh, well, we want you to be a part of our team. I'm like, who? Me? I'm like, what do I know about construction and to you know real estate? We did like barely three houses. Yes, I do enjoy it. And, you know, but I mean, he's like, don't worry about it. You're going to learn. I'm like, okay, I'll learn. So I gave my notice to uh, wow. to my boss and I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, I think that I'm going to be leaving. <laughs> and I don't I don't remember if I said I think or I said I am yeah, leaving. Right. right, right? right. But uh, he wasn't he wasn't happy at all mm. because I was his uh, main watchmaker there. Yeah. The one with the experience and the knowledge for the Swiss <laughs> training. <laughs> Correct. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I tried to make it a little bit uh, less painful for him. And I said, hey, listen, uh, I can stay as much as you want so I can teach somebody. You don't teach somebody like this yeah, for a week yeah. or a month right, or right. two, whatever. He, he was like, hey, you know, no, we'll figure it out, whatever. But uh, can we come part time from time to time? Like if I come part time, I mean, I'm going to take away from my time from the, yeah. from the other venture I'm <laughs> trying to start. So I went home and I talked to my wife and I'm like, listen, it's probably going to be hard for a year or two. Can we make it financially? Can we make it emotionally? Because, you know, if you have a financial stress, you're going to have an emotional stress, you know, and it's going to be hard. It's very mature, though. I mean, to have that conversation and to have that foresight to say, this is, this is the road, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a mature conversation. I think we had good conversations and uh, you're saying that it was mature and at the same time, like if you if you know that we uh, we uh, met in February 2012, we got engaged in August of 2012 <laughs> and we got married in November of 2012. I don't know how mature that is. <laughs> hey, is it, that's nine years later, right? Here we are. True. So, I mean, so, maturity comes in, I don't think, in time. It just, it's who you are, correct, right? Correct. And, and obviously, was no, yes, I mean, I get, course, it, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. But 2012 seemed to be a good year for you. That's a good Absolutely. vintage. Absolutely. <laughs> probably, probably my best year. I mean, when you when you meet your soulmate, I think you know. Yeah. And you just uh, want to keep your soulmate as close as possible. And happy, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, so we... So you had that conversation. We had that conversation. She's like, well, is this what we want to do? Both we said yes. So that was like enough for us, Right. And when, and when you say that that's what you wanted to do, is that both of you or just you well, at that we, point? We were, uh, we started real estate together. We went uh, together to take the classes. We, we did this three transactions, three flips mm -hmm. together. But my wife, uh, meanwhile, got her master's, her master's in um, behavior analyst. Mm. Actually, it's, uh, it's the, the, the right term is behavior change. I'm sorry, I'm trying to figure it out how to say it. Behavior um, oh my goodness. <laughs> It'll come to you. Uh, yeah, prob probably. Anyway, she's working with people with disabilities. Okay, gotcha. Um, so um, she wanted kind of to, to go that route, you know, uh, using her education, which was fine. Um, so I said yes to Kirby and I quit the watchmaking job and uh, I started working as a project manager. They, uh, Kirby's father actually was already a um, project manager for the company. But because the company was expanding 
and they they were getting all these new deals. You know, they wanted the second person who can handle half of the deals. Mm. So the goal was uh, initially to follow uh, Kirby's father, you know, as an experienced project manager for a month or two or whatever that amount of time was so I can learn. But uh, the company grew up so fast. We got so many deals. So it was after two weeks, it was like, you know what? We need to split. You take this deals. I take this deals. If you need me, call me. Wow. It was a little shock initially, but um, I... Uh, my personality is like I prefer it this way. Uh, shock initially, so you learn how to swim, like throw you in the water. And It'll all never and be as bad as that. <laughs> Correct. It, it, it yeah. can only get better. Correct. So, yeah, after a couple of years, you know, ups and downs uh, within, within the company, uh, I decided to leave at that point and uh, started my own real estate journey. So, um, you know, flipping houses uh, from 2015, 2017, 18. And then I decided to become a uh, general contractor only because the market changed and it was hard to find uh, flips with good numbers. Mm. And I, I already had the construction knowledge and, uh, you know, investors are still buying. So I connected with a lot of investors and I do the construction work for them. It's not like I do it with my hands, but I have crews, you know, I manage the crews and we do the construction work for them. Wow. So, I mean, what a journey, first of all. It's an incredible story. And, and talk about being, I don't want to say at the right place at the right time, because I, there is a little bit of that, right? You can't control the circumstances outside of, of, of your own life. But, you know, to be so ready for that and to take those opportunities, I mean, kudos to you and your wife for, uh, for, for doing that. I mean, I don't think too many people just jump into things like that. <laughs> but obviously, you guys attracted each other <laughs> for a reason, right? I guess uh, so, yeah. A little bit of risk takers, which is which obviously it's paying off. But Tell me a little bit about that transition uh, to general contractor uh, in terms of just that, that part of the real estate journey, because, you know, here you are, I guess, on one end where leading up to that, you're really not dealing with clients. I mean, you're not going out and selling anything to anyone, right, per se. I mean, obviously, the, the flips themselves, right? But it's not like you're working with people, per se, to fulfill something for them. You're not consulting. You're not. Uh, how did that change for you when now all of a sudden, you know, you're going out and and, and kind of selling this general contractor services. And I'm only getting there because you mentioned about the relationship part and how important that is to you to work with people that uh, you know and trust. Correct. So um, when, you, when you're looking for deals, you may have uh, three deals this month and zero deals for the next half a year. Um, the market, when the market changed, that was like the reality, right? So it was inconsistent. So I am like losing myself. Like, what do I do? Like, I'm stressing out because you don't have constant income coming in. Um, it was very, very, very like weird feeling. And I'm like, how can I use my knowledge and my experience from what I learned, you know, to help other people yeah. and, um, you know, uh, make money at the same time. And when I say help, I genuinely believe that I do help the people I work with. Why? Um, when I was flipping houses, I was not a general contractor, so I had to hire general contractors. And as I like to joke, all oh, this gray hair on my on my head is from screaming and yelling and firing at uh, general contractors. Mm. And uh, every, I, I don't want to say every time, but probably ninety percent of the cases, it seems like I always chose the wrong general contractor. And I'm like, so what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with these people? Then I realized it's not the people, it's me. <laughs> it's me 
hiring the wrong people, me uh, not knowing how to evaluate the people. Mm. So I'm like, okay, so if I want to become a general contractor, the other investor is going to have the same, uh, going to be in the same situation, going to have the same bad experience with general contractors. So how do I change that? How do I provide value? And what are the things that uh, kind of bothered me in other general contractors so I can avoid them, right? So I... I uh, started looking into the relationship more than the actual transaction more. Uh, at this point, uh, I do not uh, bid on a project because of the potential uh, profit I can make. I bid on a project because of the potential relationship that we can create long term. It's a very weird uh, thing if you tell 90% of the contractors out there. And I'm always upfront with everybody. I'm not the cheapest, I'm not the most expensive, but I'm the one who's gonna do the job 100%. If I underestimate something or I screw up something, it's out of my pocket. You're not even here about it, right? I will never walk away from a job. This is something that bothered me like, uh, this was probably the most aggravating thing, right, back in the days. Oh, so, the general contractor uh, miscalculated something. So he's out of the money and the project say 80% down. Mm. Now he walks away. Yep. What do I do with the other 20%? Right? So we built that trust. We, I want people who work with me to understand that we are the, on the same team. It's really hard when I see that somebody is trying to nickel and dime and they see themselves uh, as an investor and I'm as a bad, bad contractor who's trying to, uh, you know, screw them and take all their money. You know, that, that's not a relationship I'm looking for. Yeah. If we don't realize initially, uh, and it's not only in contracting, it's in every aspect of my life, right? Even friendships. If we're not uh, clicking uh, on the first uh, time we meet, I'm telling you, most likely we won't be able to click down the road. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like I have figured it out, but I, I like everything 100%, but I sat down and I kind of wrote the things down that aggravated me. And I said, those are the things that are my main priority that I will make sure that I do not give this aggravation to the people I work with. So right now, you know, uh, I... I'm well connected um, throughout the Chicago area here with other investors and my phone rings, constantly rings. Either it's going to be phone or email or Facebook. Um, people people will talk to somebody and they will recommend me and, you know, they will approach me for a project. And um, I'm blessed. I'm blessed that I'm in a position not, not to market myself anymore right. and work comes to me. It's a slower process, I think, but it's the right way if you want to stay uh, long term. If you're looking for your business, you know, from a long-term perspective. Absolutely. And we, we talked a little bit about that before, just about, you know, playing the long game versus playing the short game. And, you know, it's, you're in it for the long haul, right? So I guess with that, I, I want to ask, what's the future for you? You, you go from being a watchmaker to uh, an investor to a general contractor. You know, what next, doctor? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, my Both both of my parents are doctors. Oh, wow. But uh, I never had that in myself. I'm only kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I'm but, sure it's still yeah. real estate. Seems like you found your passion. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it is It is real estate. I, I do enjoy certain things, but I think the real estate makes um, the biggest impact in my life. And I can give back um, to other people and communities using the real estate. I think I could, that, that's going to be my... my um, best way of giving back let's put it this way if I, I i always believe that you need to help yourself first in a selfish way believe it or not if you look at a that self-love right I mean, co correct if you don't help yourself you can't help anybody else yep. 
right? That's why in a, a, an airplane, they're telling you to put first the mask and then your kids. It's not like you don't love your kids, yep, yep. right? I agree. But if you're dead, big deal that, you know, <laughs> you, you put the masks. Yeah, to, yeah a little more kids. selfish Correct. then, right? Yeah. And so uh, to that to that point, I think uh, helping yourself, finding yourself, or at least you know trying to find yourself, uh, that has to come first before you can help other people. And I think real estate is the vehicle that gave me um, that um, financial freedom. Let's put it this way: that ability to help other people. If I didn't want to improve myself, if I wanted to uh, stay at the watchmaking place, I wouldn't be in a position to help anybody. Let me tell you this. Yep. No, I, I love it. I love love our conversation. You know, not only on the air but also leading up to it. And I'm sure we'll have many more great conversations. But you know, I know your phone's ringing already off the hook. But if if you're listening and and, and you feel like Boyan is someone that you want to connect with, I'd encourage you to reach out to him. Uh, Wonderful soul uh, and great conversation at the very least. But I want to thank you for, for coming in and sharing your incredible story and just being a part of our community. Man, I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Tony.